He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome in on this uh, Tuesday following the Christmas celebration yesterday. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas uh, and and got to enjoy it with your family and your friends, your loved ones. Uh, As as I found out, there was some assembly required. (laughs) And you always had batteries. Don't forget the batteries. Uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine, and we both got our grandsons a... um, one of those Polar Express trains and uh, the batteries for the train to the remote and the locomotive were like 40 bucks. That's <laughs> oh, some expensive power right there. And then everything else had uh, required batteries as well. So, you know, it's uh, uh, you better have some batteries on hand Christmas morning. And then I talked to another friend who tried to go out and buy food on uh, Christmas Day. He goes, everything's closed. I said, Phil, it's Christmas Day. He goes, yeah, but even Kroger, all of them. I've been to a bunch of them. Super low. They're all closed. I said, it's Christmas Day, Phil. Come on. <laughs> everybody everybody wants a day off, but they don't want anybody else to take the day off. It's the way that kind of works. Uh, but it was, uh, the weather cooperated. It was uh, not a bad day. But today's a gorgeous day out there. And uh, But if you got stuff your kids wanted to play with and get out and enjoy, uh, they were able to do it. it uh, the rain came early and was over with. And and uh, mostly it was a, a stay inside kind of day and uh, a lot of football on, a lot still coming. In fact, we're giving away two tickets to the uh, University of Memphis, Iowa State AutoZone Liberty Bowl is coming Friday. At, listen to this number carefully. I'm going to give it to you. It's 901-260-5926. And, uh, give us a call. I'm going to give away two tickets. Uh, and we've already given a bunch. In fact, one gentleman was just stopping by to pick up his tickets. And, uh, so he'll be there. I'm going to be there and a whole bunch of other people are going to be there. And so if you want to be there, give us a call. We're going to take, uh, I guess, uh, the third caller and, uh, then we're going to get you to hold on. Cause I want to get you to uh, say a few words about being excited to go. And, uh, it's, uh, the weather should be a lot like today, maybe a little overcast and it's going to be cool. So wear your, uh, your long gentlemen's and uh, something to cover your head. Cause that's what it's really cold on me is my head. You got to need some cover there and, um, just, uh, be uh, prepared for all kinds of weather. Uh, in fact, the gentleman that just came and picked up his ticket said, is there going to be food there? There is a, there's a, some kind of a function beforehand, but I think you got to pay like 60 bucks a head to get into that. But there will be plenty of food. Uncle Lou's Fried Chicken has a truck there. They got all kinds of concessions. A lot of people tailgate and show up and, and uh, you know, they're usually pretty generous if you seem like a nice person. <laughs> I know. Back when we used to tailgate at Mississippi State, we had this one guy that came every year for about three or four years. And I finally asked somebody, he said, is that a friend of yours? And he goes, no, I thought that was a friend of yours. I said, he's been coming to these things for years. And it turned out he just liked the way we looked and he liked our food. So he he just made it a habit to always come by our uh, setup before Mississippi State home games. And 
ate like a king for four years. So I don't know where the guy is today, but <clears throat> I bet he misses us. At any rate, uh, we're going to, uh, I think we got, did we get a winner? Uh, or would we, are we still taking calls? We're good. Okay. Uh, then, uh, congratulations. Uh, then we're going to give some more away. We're going to give some more away tomorrow. And then we'll give some away on uh, Thursday. So still more tickets to come, so don't give up on those. Uh, some news updates. Uh, the power restored after a transmission line was interrupted. I don't know if you lived in the Collierville area. Ours went out for a brief time, and it came back out. A lot of other people were out for a lot longer. According to MLG and W, 14,000 customers were without power on Christmas Day. Or Christmas night with most of the outage in the Collierville area. But as of 9.56 p.m., it appears that most of the power had been restored to customers in Collierville and other parts of Memphis. About 30 minutes earlier, MLGW reported over 14,000 customers were in the dark due to 23 outages in the Memphis area. And MLGW told Fox 13 the power outage in Collierville is due to a transmission line interruption. <laughs> what does that mean? What the- a transmission line interruption. I mean, somebody cut a wire somewhere, adding they did not have an estimated time to fully restore the power. Utility company also said it was working to find out what caused the interruption. Squirrel! Yeah, amazing. I've been doing my share to, to depopulate the squirrel population. We took out a number over the Christmas holidays. Is they will eat your house, not to mention your wiring. Um, and then uh, we also had... Two charged. Remember the fight? I don't know if you saw it or not. It was all over the internet. These two Houston high school uh, girls that got into a fight in the restroom uh, in a brutal fight between two students at Houston High. It shows one girl beating the other over the head with a metal tumbler. I wasn't quite sure what they meant by tumbler. It's a big, you know, metal coffee cup, like or you know, cold drink cup. But it was made out of balloon. It's not like she was getting hit over the head over some big German beer stein. But I, I saw a picture that her head did bleed. Uh, Germantown Police Department announced that two juveniles have been charged after the incident. High, Houston High students, uh, a school principal, declined to comment on the situation, but Germantown Police confirmed officers investigating an altercation between students last Tuesday. Uh said the, the there were three different angles of the fight. Video shows two girls getting in each other's faces in a school restroom. A crowd of other students uh, stand nearby watching and occasionally egging on the other students. Eventually, one girl is seen shoving the other. She then tries to throw a punch, but the other one hits her over the head with the, uh, with the metal uh, drink cup. Two girls are seen continuing to grapple. The one holding the tumbler continues to strike the other over the head until she eventually drops the tumbler and rams the girl into a stall door. Other students stood idly by and the whole time laughing and yelling and recording the fight until an adult arrived and tells them all to return to class. You know better than this. Return to your classes. That image shows the results of the tumbler striking the top of the girl's head. Her hair was shown to be soaked with blood. It was bloody. It was soaked. I've seen soaked before. I've seen my head in blood soaked uh, and it's not a pretty sight because your head always bleeds more than anything else because all the all the blood goes has to go to your head where the brains are uh but uh they offer some advice first try to walk away that would be the first thing oscar marvin a martial arts instructor says all 
star martial arts at Germantown said, if my life is not in danger, then I shouldn't put my hands on someone. Yeah, well, I grew up in West Texas. If somebody's beating you over the head and shoulders, you better use your hands to at least get away from them. I might, my tactic was always, if I could get out of it, if I could make them laugh and give me a chance to take off running, I would. But uh, some of those guys just wouldn't take no for an answer, and you end up having to have to fight. But it, it brings a few girl fights that we see when I was growing up. I, I don't know what's going on now, but and it supposedly it was all over a boy, uh, and which is if I was him, I'd find some 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 new girlfriends because uh, they look pretty tough. But I wouldn't want to get in the midst of an altercation with those two. Uh, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some more just about what happened in Memphis over the weekend. Uh, one business owner talks about the car thefts, uh, had a mostly Muslim uh, mob terrorizing Christmas Eve shoppers in Collierville. we got some audio on that. A pro-Palestinian convoy in Memphis. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. and We'll check in on those. So stay with us. And uh, feeling good today, folks. So we're going to give away two more tickets to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And uh, all you got to do is be the third caller, 260-5926, area code 901. That is 260-5926. And that's two tickets. They're, they're in section 115 on row 42. You're right down there close to the field. Seat 7 and seat 8, which means you don't have to step over but about four people to get to your seat. And uh, they're worth 75 bucks a piece. So, hey, you're already saving money. All you got to do is dial the phone. And uh, it's going to be this coming Friday at 2.30. So it's an afternoon game. And uh, I'll be there along with a lot of other folks here in Memphis and from Iowa State. They're coming a long way to come in and uh, take part in this. And uh, it's going to be a great game. And and. I hope the Tigers do win, though, because everyone else I've been pulling for (laughs) during these games here recently has lost. So I'm due a win. So I think I really feel like the Tigers have got a shot at it. And uh, so uh, I see we're getting some calls in. So hang on there. And uh, they're going to get to you. And then uh, we'll see if you can hang on and we'll we'll chat for a minute about uh, whether or not you've ever been to the Liberty Bowl. I've been to probably 10 Liberty Bowls over the years since I've lived here. And they're always great games. It's a, it's a fun event to go to. And this year will be no exception. The Barquets will be performing at halftime. Memphis own Barquets. I mean, we think of all the things we have to offer here in Memphis, the, uh, the incredible food, the entertainment. And I, I know a number of the original Barquets, really great people. And uh, some of them have retired and uh, they've got new members. It's, so like the Glenn Miller band uh, ain't none of the same guys still around because they all got killed in a plane crash during World War II, but their music lives on. And Barquet's music certainly lives on and a uh, great bunch of guys. And, uh, they'll be performing at halftime and, uh, it'll be rocking, rocking at the Liberty bowl. So I think, uh, cause we, uh, we got somebody on the, uh, on the line. They're good. We got winners. You got a winner? Great. You want to pull them up? All right, we're good. Hi, uh, is this D? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Congratulations, D. I got two tickets for you for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. 
All right. Have you ever been Wonderful. to the Liberty Bowl before? Uh, it's been a while, yes. Well, it's uh, you're going to love the, the all the improvements they've made at the stadium. They've got food trucks in there now. No longer is it just hot dogs and hamburgers. you got a lot to choose from. And it's going to be okay. 2.30 in the afternoon. And uh, all you got to do is come by the station and pick up the tickets. And uh, you're in like Flint. So uh, congratulations. You got somebody you know you're taking with you? Um, I'll go for it. Yes. Well, there you go. Tell her she's she's a lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> she says I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> well, you probably are. <laughs> Most of us guys I, are. I am. I am fantastic. Well, congratulations. C- congratulations and Merry Christmas to you too. And hey, thanks for listening. Thank you so much, sir. All right, and uh, they're going to tell you the, the address of the station. All you got to do is drop by and pick them up uh, during working hours. We'll be here till six tonight, but uh, open tomorrow morning at nine, and just stop by and pick up your tickets. All right, so there you go, and I'll be giving away some more tomorrow, right at the top of the show again. But congratulations to D Bowles and and his girlfriend, and D is the lucky guy because uh, if you're a guy and you got a girlfriend, you're a lucky guy. <laughs> But she gets to go to the game, too. And so, uh, remember, tomorrow we'll give him, like, two more. Brighten his name down, so I'll make sure that uh, Alan gets the tickets to the right person. And uh, it's going to be a, a great weekend. Then next week, you got, of course, all the Rose Bowl and uh, Texas is going to be playing Washington. And uh, Alabama is going to be playing uh, uh, Michigan and then they'll have the final game of the year for the national championship. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, I'm sure the Cowboys will lose again. As, I, my, as my son said, the only thing the Cowboys do on a regular basis is disappoint. <laughs> That's certainly true. Uh, want to talk a little bit about some local stuff. Uh, well-known Memphis business owner speaks out about all the car thefts here in Memphis. Cut number one. Hey, it happened again, and I was like, what are you talking about? And they said, I'm about to send you the video. It's only so much the police can do. We as a community have to care enough to say we're not going to keep letting this happen without us speaking up. It impacts me uh, tremendously because people are afraid to park. And if they're afraid to park, then they're not going to come. People think it's just, oh, I just took a car. No, it affects the fact that now the consumer isn't coming back to this space because they're afraid. Last time I was there, my car was taken. This isn't the first time it's uh she's a downtown uh, restaurant owner and they've been impacted by it take it for your own self uh, when somebody says hey you want to go downtown to, to have dinner and the first question that comes up is whose car because nobody wants to have their car broken into or stolen and then uh over the weekend uh, mostly muslim mob terrorizes christmas eve shoppers in collierville uh cut number two So you get, the, you get the general idea there. A lot of honking horns and stuff. I really don't know where these people are coming from because if they knew anything about the history of Palestine, the history of Israel, and uh, what's going on there, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Also, a pro-Palestinian uh, convoy in Memphis. Cut number three.
Where was she when they Cease attacked on October now! the 7th? Cease You know, all these kids are watching TikTok, and uh, which is run by the Chinese, who are not our pals. Everyone make some noise! They make some noise! Cease fire! Cease fire! What a bunch of you know. If you want to see what can happen when people just aren't informed, take just take a listen to this, and it's going on all over the all over the world. And if you do anything about the history, if you read the Bible and understood how this we got to where we are right now, uh, it would make a lot more sense than what's going on now. But this is another case of, and you know, you know, they always talk about misinformation, disinformation. That's what's going on here, and nobody's getting it. The news media just says, hey, look, another protest. They don't sit down and explain that uh, Israel was not occupying Gaza. Palestinians lived there. They were given money to live there. They were given aid to live there. They spent all their money digging tunnels to attack Israel again. Do your history. And uh, CBS's Catherine Herridge uh, predicts uh, 2024, the U.S. may have a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Uh, Cut number four. Well, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, there are a number of cons, uh, concerns that I have that factor into that. And not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine. And we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China and Iran. And that's what uh, concerns me most. Well, let me tell you what does not concern me is that the the people in this country who you don't want to uh, mess with. I was at a rodeo today, the AutoZone rodeo at the Agri Center, and I was looking at some of these young people out there that were the girls were barrel racing and uh, the guys were team roping and, and single roping, and uh, these are tough kids. Uh, I mean, you just watch the way they handle those horses, and and I pity. The people that come to this country think that uh, they're all like these woke individuals out saying free Palestine because that ain't who the backbone of this country is. And that's not going to who's going to be out there standing up going, hey, you ain't coming here and taking over. And to give you an idea, there's some other great people out there. This is a Cooper Young restaurant giving away free Christmas meals. Cut number six. We just wanted to spread some holiday cheer to the neighbors and and do it the best way I know how through food. The people really like the dressing, though. Oh yeah, yeah, good. Um, honey smoked ham, uh, mashed potatoes, gravy, green bean casserole, and what's the other thing, honey? Dressing. 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 I am a recovered uh, drug and alcohol addict, um, and I know from past experience how terrible the holidays can be when you're alone or when you're struggling. A gesture not lost on those facing their own unique challenges this Christmas. I think it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's the first year I've had uh, that I'm without my mom this year. She passed away in October. And thank you very much and welcome back on this Tuesday after Christmas. Joining us on the phone is Diane Kimbrough, Lady Di, your health care PI. And did you have a wonderful Christmas, Diane? 
Absolutely. And I'm still enjoying it. How about you? Uh, well, I am. I'm, uh, I took a little break to come to work, but I will go back to it and enjoy it. We have left leftovers um, uh, galore. Kathy goes, what do you want for dinner? And I said, a little bit of everything. So <laughs> we had a good time. And um, th- there was some assembly required. I had to put together a, a little uh, choo-choo train, but it got it, it worked. So everybody's happy. Yeah, I saw pictures. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. It's the Polar Express, and you have Tom Hanks' voice on there when you push a button. Uh-huh. He goes, "All aboard for the Polar Express." <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't record that. Well, uh, he, he, uh, Tom Hanks does a better job at it. Though. That's why he he makes the big bucks. But it's it's his voice. I mean, it really is. And then the sound of the locomotive. I mean, it's and they got a bell and a whistle. It's really cool. That's right. They have a That's more right. expensive uh, rendition of all that, but I figured this would be enough for three years old. Uh, we can always upgrade later, but it's a good startup. Yeah, and uh, the 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 one you can get at uh, the Mid South Hobbies is like four hundred. This is about a hundred. And oh, I know we checked it out. My son in law begged me not to go take my grandson in. Yeah, don't do and, and don't even take Bill in there because men go in that place. They go, I gotta have that, and I gotta have that. <laughs> The little boy comes out in everybody. That's yeah. true. And uh, so steer away from there unless you want to buy something. And did... well, speaking of the little boy, let me tell you where I'm at right now. All right. I'm in the great city of Metropolis, Illinois. Oh, I'm wow. I'm in the great metropolis. And that Superman's yeah. home? Yes. Good job. Ding, ding, ding. You ding, win. ding. <laughs> <laughs> I have been living in a cave yeah, all these years. All... <laughs> That was all my husband's idea. He's like, oh, i got to get you in Metropolis. Let me drive over there and get you in Metropolis so you can say you're in Metropolis. <laughs> so, so do they have, like, Superman's uh, statues around and stuff? I'll see it on different buildings. I see, like, you know, I just went by a pharmacy with Superman was flying in the air, I guess, delivering the drugs. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> how appropriate. We're talking about health insurance, right? Right. And, so, yeah. Um, I'm looking for more so far. He's kind of hiding out, but we'll see one in a minute. Well, but but I think it's a good point about what you do with healthcare is you're out of network right now if you have certain policies. And one yeah. of the things you do is make sure that when people do take a trip out of town, because guess what? Things do, people do get sick on trips. Yes, they do. And they get hurt, uh, fall off their new scooter, showing their little grandson how to, how to rollerblade. Uh, and, or maybe they get a little motorcycle for their age and they shouldn't be, but they do. And then they break something. Exactly. And the thing about it is that you don't think about that. Most people don't until it happens. They go, well, you're out of network. And this is going to cost you a fortune. Right. That's a very good, you know, it's funny you brought that up. Cause I was thinking about that myself today. I was thinking, you know, I'm on the road. My husband actually does need to get something, uh, through an urgent care center. And we're going to find one that's a network and we're going to get it taken care of. But, you know, it's important to know what insurance you have, where it's going to work, so you can get what you need taken care of without spending anything out of your pocket. But there's so many people, and, and it is, it's very confusing, and that's why I tell people to call you, because it, it's like a big maze, and I, and I think it's by design for the insurance companies, uh, because they, they want you to rely on them to inform you on what you need. And you really need somebody that's uh, nonpartisan to sit there and say, this is good, this ain't good. And uh, yeah. you, 
you don't get that from people that represent companies. Well, that's exactly true. I tell all I tell all my clients when I'm done working for them and finding the right plan. I tell all of them that I don't work for the insurance company. I work for you. Because if I did work for the insurance company, I would be very limited what I could offer you. And what so, you could even say. Yeah, and every and it's not a cookie cutter approach. Everyone has a different need, a different budget, and some people are willing to save on the budget and go a little extra mile. Like I have some short term plans that include unlimited urgent care visits that can serve as doctor visits throughout the year for a fifty dollar copay. Well, why wouldn't you do that? And then it has catastrophic coverage. So if all you want to do is know if you need to go see a doctor, you can. If you need to go get a, a sinus cocktail, like some people I know need. Yeah. <laughs> you go the you go to the urgent care center, and it's just like going to the doctor's office. You can even get a physical at the urgent care centers now. So lab, X-rays. So why wouldn't you kind of streamline your approach to it if your budget needs to be streamlined? That's one way to look at it if you can qualify. Well, and you have others that really want um, the total. Um, package they want you know the whole kitchen sink included in there so i can offer that as well and then explain to you how to use it well i was at, at the uh autozone liberty bowl rodeo at the agri center this after, or this morning uh watching my daughter-in-law barrel race and i'm sitting there looking at all these young people they're all in their teens and early 20s early 30s the guys doing team roping girls doing barrel racing and they're around these big horses, and there's also tonight there's going to be bull riding there and uh, bareback uh, bronc riding. And so guess what happens when you get a human being on a Brahma bull? You might have a few injuries. You might have a couple of injuries. <laughs> and the thing is, when you're young like that, you don't think anything's going to happen to you. Or you think that uh, what little insurance you may have. But most of these kids work on farms and ranches, and that they got with their parents, uh, hey, provide for them but once they get past that they just say well i've never been hurt but that's where you could get behind for the rest of your life paying medical bills well if you google it you can find out for yourself what one of the top uh two reasons are people file for bankruptcy and one of the i think the second top reason is due to um medical expenses and getting behind on paying those or it just can bankrupt your business yeah, the first one is bad. Yeah, the first one is bad marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that gets most really people. Are you going to have me talk about that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> You're not my friend, Earl. <laughs> well, I happen to know what life is like out there, and uh, oh, but you goodness. don't you don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> but you don't want to add to the problem by having uh, not having good health care and not thinking ahead a little bit and and taking some steps and. The thing about it is it, you think it costs a, a lot more than it really does if you got somebody like Diane that can help you through this maze of of contracts and, and offerings out there. Well, um, you're exactly right. And if somebody, for example, I tell people that if they are going through a life change, that if they want to call me when they get married or when they get divorced or when they have babies or if they want to have babies, call me. And we will find the right option and the right plan for you to start when you need it to start and to fit your budget. Well, it, there it is. She just sent me a picture of super bad. <laughs> <laughs> is that out in front of the hospital? <laughs> uh, 
That is uh, City Hall, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, that's the courthouse, honey. This is in the Great Metropolis. Yeah, the Great Metropolis. Well, hopefully nothing bad will happen there. But if, if it does, you, you, at least you know you got coverage. Yeah, and he's yeah, and he's got yes, absolutely. I have coverage, and I have Superman. It, but you know, unfortunately, Christmas time there are more injuries that take place than just about any other time of year. One, people are traveling. Two, they're doing things that they normally don't do, like spend their trip on a ski trip to the mountains someplace. That's true. Three, That's they're true. getting new modes of transportation and recreation and there's always injuries that develop from that and then the fourth one is uh rare but it does happen occasionally uh people over imbibe and on you know christmas cheer and fall down and hurt themselves but you add it all up and it's a dangerous time for everybody and you really do need protection and if you don't have it right now and somehow you luck your way through it you want to make sure you start the year off um and get in touch with Diane because it doesn't. What do you really need to know from them in order to to say what you can do for them? It's very simple. I just need to know where you live, your zip code. I need to know your date of birth, and I need to know any medical pre-existing conditions and medications you're taking, and what you, when do you need to go into effect? And then I can take it from there. Well, of course, your budget that also helps too. And then take it from there and find you exactly what will fit you and customize my recommendations to your needs. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of Heather York who does traffic, uh, for a number of, uh, TV stations at all. And, uh, she said until the very end. So I did really, it fell on the ice and busted her, her lip her upper and lower lip did a face plant, but no broken bones. Uh, but there you are. That's how fast it can happen. So she's got to make an emergency room call. And, but, but that's where also with the different things you have, you say, do you really need to go to the emergency room or could you go to minor med and take, have that taken care of and save a heck of a lot of money? Well, not like that, if you had an accident supplement through me, the most you'd be out of pocket is 250 bucks. There you are. And I remember so maybe, well, maybe they could call me and find out what that really means. Heather York, give her a call. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for future accidents. But the thing is, it, 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 I promise you, uh, that's the last thing Heather thought was going to happen when she got on ice skates. Probably at the zoo. They got ice skating at the zoo. Now, yeah. There's a couple other places in town. but They have it, I think, out at the Botanic Gardens. They've got a little ice skating rink. Yeah, I think they do. I and so, do. you know, you get on there and think, I've done this a hundred times before. Zip, zap, bam. And you're down. Right. Or it could, it could be something as simple as me getting down on the ground trying to put my little grandson's choo-choo together. And I can't get up. <laughs> well, that sounds like a problem that you and Kathy have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, my daughter was there. She can lift me up. She's stronger than all of us. <laughs> Your can lift you. Yeah, I, I'm like a big old lineman that goes down. You get, they just put their hand up or somebody, anybody. <laughs> Give me a hand up here. Come on. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, uh, tell them how they get in touch. Well, you're out of town today, but you'll be back. But when you get back, yeah. what's what's the number they can reach at? Yeah, and they can call me whether I'm out of town or not. I'm always available. I will talk to anybody anytime I can. And to call me at 901-606-9091. All right, and uh, have a good time. Tell Superman hi, and y'all be very, <laughs> very Is it snow or anything up in Illinois? 
No, we're very fortunate. No, it's just like in the 50s. Oh, wow. Um, but there is a snowstorm going through Missouri, I believe, or, or hit Missouri anyway. Wow, up above us to here. So that's going on now? Yeah, yeah, there's snow hitting the Springfield, I believe. I did see on the, on the weather this morning that we could have some slight wintry precipitation toward the end of the week, but I don't think there's going to oh, be any. Yeah, but no, no accumulation, just some, you know, some snow flurries, that kind of thing as it moves through. But we are approaching the time of year when we get it, which is February and March. We never really get anything in November, December. And so no. uh, I hope y'all will get back before anything bad happens. Oh, we will be back back tomorrow. We'll yeah. be we all have a safe trip, and uh, we'll see Thank you when you, you so get much. back. Diane Kimbrough, Lady right. Di, your healthcare PI. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back uh, on this Tuesday afternoon. A lot of people still off. I noticed when I was driving in, a lot of people out walking, riding their bikes, uh, trying to walk off some of those huge meals we all consumed over the uh, holidays. And uh, uh, we were talking just before we went to break, we ran out of time, but the, all these restaurants every year, they go out and and feed the people that are going through tough times one of them and um is a place called westies uh, down in the pinch district and uh they've been doing that for years and years and years even when it was named other restaurants uh drake shore who owns westies uh had a restaurant in the old king cotton hotel um and uh that was, guess, when I first moved here back in the late seventies, early eighties, and Jefferson Square was the name of it. Fed people then. Then he had a place called the North End. He fed people there. Then he had uh, what is now Westies. It's been a couple of other things over the years, but it was always Jake was involved with it. And he's always been just a a great human being and has fed so many people over the years. Uh, so thank you to all the restaurant tours here in town that do give back and are so generous and uh you know memphis is a great place to live and i think at this time of year you really realize that uh, uh we went out went to jim's place east while my sister and her husband were in town had a great dinner out and uh it's uh it's a uh, it's just a very warm and, and friendly place uh, of course there's there's bad stuff here just like there is everywhere and unfortunately criminals don't hang it up during the holidays and they're out doing what they do but uh fortunately uh they kept it at a minimum at least over this holiday uh there was um still a lot of this anti-semitic uh situation going on all over the world uh this is an american islamic scholar bashing the west and christianity on top of that cut number nine those practices from the west um are rooted in christianity and these celebrations actually harm us. Now, the West is a multicultural society. It's not like Kuwait. We're talking apples and oranges. Over there, there is no right and wrong except what the government and the people decide is right and what they decide is wrong. If tomorrow they want to make it illegal to walk down the street wearing a hat, they can do that. But we are a Muslim society. Our, our um, constitution is based on the Sharia. And as Muslims, we believe that nobody is above God in legislating. So when we allow these things to happen, we have to be very careful 
because if you have a celebration like Christmas, perhaps, in Christmas, what is it? It's the celebration. It's not something giving gifts and having fun and singing carols. It's actually the celebration of the birth of the Son of God, who is God himself in flesh. So God himself came and was given, was given birth by Mary to create Jesus, who is God. So when we say that this is okay, we are not respecting the religion, we are participating. And there's a difference between respect and participation. When you participate in something, you are saying that it is valid, that this is acceptable, that this is something that we as a society consider to be correct. But in the Quran, Allah says, Kul huwa Allahu ahad, Allahu samad, lam yalid wa lam yulad, wa lam yakun lahu kufuang ahad. He is not born. He was not. Anyway, the bottom line is, he is not they're not going for it. And if you practice Christianity and show it respect, you're wrong. We'll be back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis Show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on this Tuesday. The 26th of December, it's narrowing down, We're getting ready to exit uh, 2023. They go by so fast now, they seem like months to me, but that happens as you get older. Joining me in the studio is Andy Grossman, who we spent a lot of time talking to in Israel when he was there on October 7th with many members of his family in Jerusalem and uh, was there for, what, a month afterwards? and then Actually, two. Two months, and... He's back home now in Memphis, and I wanted him to come in and just kind of give us an update on on his impressions of this continued uh, uh, protest that's going on worldwide by people. And and my question to him was, when we all they keep saying, you know, from the from the river to the sea, they want to wipe out Israel, all all Jews, not just there, but anywhere in the world. And they say that they end the oppression. Here, all these protesters say end oppression. They were never oppressed. They were given the Gaza Strip to live in, and and they were given money. They're given money by the United States, given money by Israel. They were given jobs by people in Israel to come into Israel and work every day, and yet uh, they all they spent their money on was ways of attacking Israel, which is where we are now. Yeah, I think you're you're bringing up a good point. Since two thousand and five. Uh, Israel unilaterally left Gaza, turned it over to Hamas and the Palestinians. Uh, they had an election. Hamas was elected leaders in election in quotation yeah. marks. And um, ever since then, they immediately dismantled all of the greenhouses, uh, decided that they would take money from the European Union, United Nations, UNRWA set up there, which is just another arm of Hamas. And um, since that point in time, they've done nothing but absolutely rape, pillage, take advantage of their own population. And Hamas has gained over that time a stronghold over the population. And it's just a very sad thing to say. But um, all of these arguments about self-determination and Israel's occupying 
the uh, the area. It's just not true. It's just factually not true. But and yet our media and so much of the media around the world does not um, uh, dispute what these protesters are saying. They just listen to them. They make their chants. They use the bullhorn and they sit there and go, you know, in the occupation, cease fire now. Where were they when when Hamas attacked Israel and, and slaughtered seventeen hundred people, took all the hostages, and have continued to rain terror down on the entire area on military bases uh, through Hezbollah, uh, and uh, you know we, we finally attacked back in Iran because of the attacks on Christmas Day or Christmas night. But you know I, I think they're going to, the Biden administration, although they have been very supportive of Israel. Uh, they're going to have to realize that uh, they're going to keep attacking us until they hit back and hit back hard. Israel learned that years ago. Look, there's. Uh, let's not forget, this is the 81st day of the war. The United States and the Biden administration, from the president to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and everybody down the chain, has really spoken with one voice and uh, have supplied the weapons that Israel needs and the backup ammunitions and really from a geopolitical standpoint there's nobody that misunderstands who the united states is supporting in this war against terrorism except for the protesters and and the media is not doing anything to straighten them out so you're bringing up a good point look when you talk about the media and you talk about the protesters there's no question that the media whether it's the electronic media the print media or social media, they play to their own audience. It's a form of entertainment. And so, therefore, all of us, I guess, are subject to being in our own echo chamber. And uh, we like to listen to what we like to listen to. And unfortunately, the news uh, really has no interest in promoting uh, something or telling the news because the protesters are anarchists and their behavior is outrageous it is directly opposite of what they say they're for and all of the rules exist except if you're israel and you're jewish and then all of a sudden there's a double standards and this moral equivalency between what israel does to defend its citizens and what terrorists do when they kill babies children parents, grandparents, in absolute horrific manner, it's just it's just not right. You look at here in Memphis, we have a crime problem, I think everybody would admit, and when people do horrible things to children and women, everybody speaks out against it. Nobody, not one person defends it. Not, not one person comes out and says, well, yeah, but they they were made to live over here or they had a, a troubled childhood. There is no excuse for doing something like that to another human being. And yet in this case, they all come up with these excuses as to why the, it's okay to do what they're doing. There is no reason to do what they're doing. Literally one week after the heinous attack by Hamas in Israel, where keep in mind, Israel was allowing 20,000 Palestinians, Gazans, into their country to work a day, a day. And yet, one week later, the anti-Semitism reared its ugly head, as it has done for many, many years in the past. And it didn't take much at all for the world uh, to 
to just simply say, I'm going to ignore the facts and Israel's held to a different standard. Uh, it's just, it's hard to get your head around. It really is because in my whole life and I'm, I'm 73. So I've lived a long time. I, mean, I was born, uh, five years at the end of, uh, of world war two. So I grew up, uh, with the, the whole story of world war two. My father fought in world war two. I had looked at all the time life books that depicted Dachau and Auschwitz and all the horrible things, not just in those places, but, um, in the Pacific, the, the atrocities that took place there, the slaughter there and in Europe. And, and you read about it over the years, uh, the Anne Frank story, you read all these things. So I grew up with it and and everybody was uh, pretty much said that was a horrible thing. It should never happen again. Never forget. And then to have this happen, and all of a sudden you've got half the the youth of our country or more that say, no, that, that's all wrong. And you yeah, go, how did that happen? Look, I think uh, you bring up a, a, an interesting point because, you know, the Holocaust remembrance, Holocaust education is all about never again. And yet it happened again. And uh, it wasn't to the extent of the Holocaust, but think about this, Earl. Think about how many Holocaust deniers there are that just come out and say, well, the Holocaust was a fabrication. It never happened. And, that, it, and that's been going on for several years now. No, a long time. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, how could somebody come out and say that it was fake when you look at all the evidence that exists? And um, you start going, but I will say this, that one of the big problems in this country is they stopped teaching history to our youth. And, yeah. and, and that is a huge problem because what's the old saying? If, if you don't learn your history and remember your history, you're destined, destined to repeat it. So again, you're bringing up a very interesting topic and be careful what you wish for. Education is critical. Knowledge is critical. But just last week in California, they were trying to approve a statewide course on ethnic studies and i can assure you that the curriculum and this is k through 12 forget the horror story going on in the university campuses this but can you imagine a, a, a from k through 12 and trying to teach ethnic studies and you know where that's headed yeah because it's never pro uh i grew up in west texas there was probably three jewish families in odessa where i grew up I virtually never knew there was any, it was especially a small child. I didn't know there was anybody that ever said anything bad about anybody. I was raised Catholic. Nobody talked bad about black people. Nobody talked bad about Hispanic people. And it was just a tiny community and everybody was respectful of each other. It wasn't until I, I got older and, and I started watching a video on the CBS evening news of Selma and places where the civil rights were trying to be explored by Martin Luther King Jr. And, you saw the fire hoses and the German shepherds. You go, I, I asked my dad, what, what is going on there? He said, it's a different world, son. He said, where you grew up, you got insulated from all that. And so to find out that there were, that all that was going on was, it wasn't like I just grew up seeing it. There's all of a sudden seven, eight years old. I'm seeing it for the first time in my life. And I was horrified. Think about how many times, first of all, the loss of any life is a tragedy absolute tragedy and i can assure you the people of israel absolutely would love peace they've always have wanted peace with the palestinians 
but the Hamas and the terrorists and the Palestinian Authority, and you don't have to go back that far in the history. You look at Yasser Arafat and the Palestinians and the PLO who got thrown out of Jordan. They then moved to Lebanon, got, if you will recall, they were surrounded. They were causing trouble in Lebanon. Israel was forced to fight against them in Lebanon. Israel had them surrounded in Lebanon. And Israel was forced to let them come to the West Bank. And then Yasser Arafat came to the West Bank. And this is the very same land that they're claiming they have an inherent right to a state and self-determination. Well, they've proven, as we talked a minute ago about Gaza, this these people and their leadership, because their leadership do not have their people's interest at heart. And so here it is. Now, three or four times when they could have had a state, what did the leadership do? They walked away from this table. They started Intifada one, the second Intifada in any time. And most recently in Gaza, when the United States and Israel who were making great progress and really trying to establish regional peace under the Abraham Accords, what happened? They committed this heinous terrorist attack inside Israel. Which is why Netanyahu says there's only one ending to this story, and that is the end of Hamas. Because we've seen what we do when we let them continue. It's a bigger story because eliminating Hamas is only one mission objective. But if you don't holistically change just not only the the eliminating of Hamas, but educating their kids. Yeah changing their textbooks, bringing in leadership and a political system that will have the people's interest first and foremost above their own. Because the leadership of Hamas only care about lining their pockets with money. And you can see they don't value the Palestinians' lives because they're out front blocking them from from getting humanitarian aid and more. We're talking with Andy Grossman. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back on this Tuesday afternoon. We've got Andy Grovesman with us. Uh, he is uh, somebody that is very familiar with the situation in Israel. He has a home in Israel, in Jerusalem. He was there when October the 7th took place. And we began, uh, I got his phone number for some of some of his friends here in Memphis. We began a dialogue then and have continued that dialogue. He was there for two months and then came back to Memphis. And we've continued it here in Memphis and uh, welcome him back today. Uh, because I value his his viewpoint, his um, historical knowledge of this matter, and uh, it's hard to get a clear picture from the media. And I watch all different sources I can. I think Fox does a pretty good job of presenting a fair and balanced uh, look at what's going on there. The other networks show what's going on. They'll take sound bites, but there's really no analysis that they're doing and saying. We don't understand why these young people are so against the Israelis and are so for the Palestinians. And and you can't get somebody to explain it. I've tried. I've said, hey, explain to me why everybody loves the Palestinians and Hamas. What have they done that has been good other than they say that they are victims? They're not victims. They were the ones who attacked Israel. No, they, they uh, are extremely clever 
about getting their message out. But unfortunately, they have a willing media that allows that to happen. It's impossible uh, for these media heads, reporters, newscasters. They all walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm positive of it. And um, they know the story. And yet they also know their readership, their viewership, their listenership. And they're not going to tell a contrary story. And so, if so you want, they're feeding the, their pet dog what the pet dog wants to eat, whether it's absolutely, good for them or not. Absolutely. And unfortunately, that's the case. And it's very difficult for Israel to get the word out. Listen, I, I watch I 24 News here in Memphis. It's on Comcast. Uh, I think it's uh, channel 1118, or you can get it uh, on Apple TV. And I-24 News will give you a point of view that you just simply do not get in American media. I will look at it. Where is it out of? Out of Israel. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's an Israel TV station in English. And um, they do a great job, and they keep you up to date as to what's going on. And again, um, they will tell you that the official word from Israel comes from the chief spokesperson from the army, a fellow by the name of General uh, Hagari, H-A-G-A-R-I, and um, you'll get a different point of view, and it'll be accurate, truthful, and it won't be subject to sources said this, or uh, Hamas uh, spokesman said uh, 15,000 people have died, there's been a terrible loss of life of Palestinians in which Hamas, by the way, the prime minister of Israel, along with the president of the United States and Secretary Anthony Blinken said, Hamas, turn yourselves in, let the 129 hostages, children, mothers, fathers, grandparents, let the 129 hostages go and surrender. And the war will end tomorrow. Do we hear a word from them? No. Not on your life. No. We were talking during the break about how Israel is really surrounded by seven enemies that are going on right now, which is true, but they've always been surrounded by them. They've always been threatened by them. They've been attacked before. Iran has always said that, you know, they're the, they're the devil, but we're the big devil, the United States. And yet right now there are... 10,000 people a day pouring in from all over the world across our southern border, and uh, we're letting it happen. At least Israel said, no, you ain't coming in. We're going to make sure everybody that comes in has to leave at the end of the day. And for years, they allowed uh, the Palestinians to come in and work every day in Israel and then take their money and go back home at night and help support their families. Look, it's an interesting thing. You're not hearing much from the Israeli Arabs. Why? Because the Israeli Arabs actually are making a good living. They like living in a democracy and not under the threat of a terrorist cell like Hamas. And you mentioned the wars and the borders. Obviously, we have a lot of work to do on our immigration policy and, uh, and how we control our borders, 100%. But Israel's fighting a seven-front war. Gaza, which everybody's kind of focusing on, Hezbollah to the north in Lebanon, that's heating up. Syria, in which Israel took out an Iranian general yesterday, 
You've got the West Bank, Iraq, and Yemen. Seven fronts. And by the way, I think the United States is doing a great job of at least containing Iran and Hezbollah from an all-out war. And um, look, uh, it's often said that Israel lives in a very, very tough neighborhood. Understatement of the year. But it, it is, and it's, but you've always known that, and that's the reason you've always maintained uh, your military stance and said, you know, we're going to always uh, keep our military strong, and, and everybody, young people are all involved in the military. We've got to take a quick break. we come back. want to kind of get into the fact that um, Israel is facing a daunting task, but the United States is also walking a tightrope with Iran because if they go too far, it'll even expand even further. We'll talk about it when we come back. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, we have Andy Grossman here with us in studio, and he is... Uh, we talked a little bit about when we went to break, but about the fact that you look at what's going on and all the different facets that they face in the Middle East, but then you've got the Arabs who have been noticeably silent through all of this, but they also realize that uh, guess who's next? They're they're not out of it either, and uh, I think silently by saying keeping silent, they're saying something very loud and clear that uh, that they realize uh, that uh, they have a vast interest in Israel surviving this. Yeah, I think that um, a few years ago, the more moderate Arab countries looked around and said, you know what. We are every bit as much at risk as Israel is, and it's only a matter of time. And I really do have high hopes for a uh, strategic defense alliance and economic alliance, by the way. Um, And it's already started in the form of the Abraham Accords, as so much of your uh, listeners have heard about. And I I do believe other countries will uh, join, including Saudi Arabia. And if I had a hope and a prayer, I, I would hope and pray that Qatar would see how absolutely atrocious Hamas has been and how alienating Iran has been. And hopefully they'll they'll decide to do uh, what's right finally and try to be a force for peace and not a force for evil. The, and we talked about this too with all the people coming into this country right now. And just it just... I mean, our Congress, I mean, the Republicans are not even saying anything about it. It's like we all know that most of the people coming in right now are military age males. They're not families anymore. And there's a tremendous number of Chinese that are coming in, but they're also every other nationality as well. And you sit there and you think, why are we letting this continue and using taxpayer money to fly them to all the cities, L.A., Chicago, New York, Seattle? Uh I just see this as a very dangerous situation developing. And the only good thing about it, I can see that was not going on in Israel is most Americans are armed. And that was not the case in Israel. Yeah. And in fact, Israel's gun policy, it's very interesting. Up until October 7th, Israel was extremely strict on their gun policy. And I think to their credit, because they have very little crime, relatively speaking, and, uh, it's not a gun culture. It sounds counter, counterintuitive. But when you think about, let's call it their strategic defense strategy and how do they go about protecting Israel? It's a small country the size of New Jersey. 
surrounded by Arab countries. That hate them. That want them gone, yeah. for the most part. And uh, how do they... How do they accomplish it? And there's a uh, there's a strategy called overwhelming deterrence. And so for all of these decades, since the state was born, people will not mess with Israel because they know if they do, that the price they're going to have to pay will be a dear, dear one. And quite frankly, up until October 7th, it more or less worked. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's so disappointing, because it is disappointing uh, and frustrating, is that Israel sort of got lulled into thinking they had this under control. And I think uh, the United States is having a similar lesson. Again, I thank the Biden administration because actions speak louder than words. I think from a geopolitical uh, perspective, the United States and the president have they got to really be dancing through raindrops. But the fact that they sent two uh, carrier ship groups into the Mediterranean speaks volumes. Again, similar strategy, overwhelming deterrence that hopefully Hezbollah and Iran will stand down. However, again, I'll just remind the listeners here that um, Israel has... 200,000 evacuees, 100,000 from the north who are, had to leave their homes, 100,000 from the south that are living in the hotels and temporary uh, places to live. Israel can't live like that, and they can't live under the threat of either Hamas in the south or Hezbollah in the north all of a sudden attacking their citizens again. It's an issue that has to be dealt with. I think Israel will deal with it. I think the United States and the more uh, more moderate Arab states understand this, and that's why they're allowing Israel uh, for 81 days to prosecute the war. The uh, flooding of the tunnels, uh, which they did in different places, and I don't know how widespread that is, is that still continuing to your knowledge? Israel continues to literally eliminate as much terrorist infrastructure as possible. So yes, every day our boys are, are dying and they're dying at the hands of terrorists and they're fighting a fight that quite frankly, no other army in the world has been faced with. They're in an urban environment. We have an enemy that again, you really have to appreciate this. They don't care about the women and children of Gaza. They find themselves protected in schools, in hospitals, and underground tunnels. They're hiding everywhere their weapons, and they're firing from everywhere. It is a daunting, daunting task. In fact, I think 17 Israeli soldiers were killed, what, yesterday? It was uh, a bad day yesterday. Yeah, very bad day. Uh, and it is, uh, it is it's, it's urban warfare, which is, I mean, you can talk to any police officer anywhere, and when they can shoot at you from any direction, above you, below you, behind you, they can pop out anywhere, and it is, uh, it is. I think you used the word correctly, daunting. Uh, but it, also you say that they can't continue to live this way. There are people saying now this could continue for two more months. Can they continue on for two more months? Israel, for sure, can continue on and will continue on, in my opinion. They have no choice. 
They have no other place to live. Yep. They're going to defend their country. They're going to defeat Hamas. And the world knows that from the day after, the Palestinians need leadership, not in the form of Abu Mazen and not in the form of a terrorist organization. They have to remake their society, their governance, and their leadership. In so many ways, all these other countries in the past have fallen. Um, Libya with Gaddafi ended up, he was basically uh, rounded up, assassinated by his own people. Do you see any way that uh, the Palestinian people will rise up against Hamas because of what they've done to them? I think this, there are three possibilities. There are people, the population can rise up. And of course, since 2005, that hasn't happened. You could see the military, which in the case of Gaza doesn't exist, rising up and taking out that leadership. Or they could give up and surrender. That's another possibility. And the fourth one is they can be killed. And they no longer exist. And so the theory goes, well, you don't know who's going to follow them. They may be worse. It was once told to me that if that does in fact happen, then you eliminate that. Because the goal here is to have political leadership that has the people's interest, has the children's interest, and the regular citizens' interest to educate them, economic benefit. And not to wage war or eliminate the Jews or Israel, but to thrive and make it a better society. It's fairly simple, but not when you're dealing with a terrorist organization. Even look at the people that are coming to the United States. At least outwardly, they're saying they're coming here for a better life and look for opportunity. Their, their whole goal is to annihilate the Jews. And that is there's nothing positive about what they're saying they want to do. And there's no reason for you to, to even entertain the thought of of uh, of allowing that to happen. As you said, that, that's not an option. Yeah, It'll never be an option. They're subjugated. Yeah. And they have, uh, unfortunately, they really have no say-so, the average Palestinian that's living in Gaza, uh, just like in the West Bank. I mean, uh, un- and, and yet there is sort of a uh, an implied understanding between the Palestinian Authority. But make no mistake about it, Abu Mazen, the head of the Palestinian Authority, has got to be replaced. He really doesn't want peace with Israel and the Jews. Ever. Ever. Andy, thank you very much for coming in again. I think we've all, all, we learn something from you every time, and uh, we'll continue this because it continues. It does. All right. Thank uh, you, We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and I'll wrap this up. And welcome back on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Remember the FedEx truck that uh, factor trailer rig that was pulled out and it was surrounded by cars. They stopped it and all these hoodlums uh, ransacked the truck. Well, uh, FedEx is now offering a $10,000 reward for any tips after several trucks um, were stolen from. It wasn't just one incident, but the first incident happened in November when uh, multiple people in the area of Riverport Road and Mallory Avenue broke in, broke the seal and latch on the back of the trailer. 
Well, you know what that tells me is whoever was in on this was somebody that worked for FedEx at some point. I mean, how would you even know that there is a seal and a lat one latch that you have to get through in order to get into the tractor trailer or what his route is or what he might have on board? Uh, said that they, uh, they broke in the back of the trailer with dozens of people that come out of a nearby parked cars and stole packages. I mean, it was, that whole thing was pre arranged. Second theft happened near Tennessee street in December when a FedEx vehicle was targeted by several people who stole packages and fled. The drivers of both instances were on injured, uh, which also tells me something else. They probably knew them. Uh, the brazen theft from FedEx trucks are appalling acts in our community, and we appreciate the support of FedEx to help identify the individuals responsible, said David Wayne Brown, Executive Director for Crime Stoppers. Uh, you can call Crime Stoppers at 528-CASH if you know anything and uh, take a shot at the cash. Um, in most instances, uh, crimes that are committed are by people that know something about the the location or the individuals involved. I know that I had um, Sleep Out Louie's a restaurant downtown years ago and hired this woman, and she had been fired from another restaurant because she had got caught stealing. And my partner said, no, you don't want to hire her. She had been caught stealing. And so I called her back in to talk to her, and she looked at me and said, Mr. Farrell, I will never steal from you. I swear to God, I will never steal from you. Please give me an opportunity. And so I hired her and uh, I was there for two or three years after that. And then I uh, sold out of my interest in the restaurant, moved on like two weeks after I sold out, moved on the sleep out Louis was held up. The only time it was ever held up. Uh, and it was a guy that came through the back door one Sunday morning, held up the young manager that had uh, come in to open up and, uh, ended up, uh, getting her to open the safe and give him some cash. And, but she recognized him from working at captain Bilbo's. <laughs> who the woman that I hired had worked for before as well and had been fired for stealing. And she had tipped him off because she, she was no longer working for me. So now this business was a open, open warfare because uh, I was no longer there. So she kept her word to me, but not, she didn't really change uh, the outcome. And I guess my point being is that so many people that uh, do these kind of crimes know something or somebody and they might not be the one who actually commits the crime but they'll tell somebody else that look here's what you do and if you do it just give me you know a couple of boxes of tennis shoes or whatever it is they end up stealing and but as long as you can dumb it and as long as people keep buying it on the black market i mean somebody comes up to you and says i got a flat screen 95 inch uh, tv sell for 50 bucks it's still in the box well you know it's stolen and if you if you buy it you're facilitating thievery and it just, it will never stop. Uh, I used to, I remember I one time I went to pick up a, a dishwasher over on Chelsea uh, for an evening shift cause he didn't have a car. So he I said, told him where I'd meet him and I'm standing outside. I had a Jeep Cherokee back then. I'm standing outside so he could see me and I had on an apron and a ball cap cause I was working in the kitchen at the time. And I had all these people stop and say, what do you got? And I go, what do you mean? I'm, I'm waiting for a dishwasher. Oh, okay. Another person stopped. What do you got? I go, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm waiting for a dishwasher. And then finally, uh, they somebody explained it to me from the uh, underworld 
that if you stand outside your car in areas like that and you're wearing an apron, that means you got some kind of food item to sell. If if you're out there and you got a bicycle sell, just uh, take the bike out, stand it next to your car, and people drive by and they'll see it. They'll pull in. They'll say, you're selling the bike? If you got a, a, a TV in a box, I mean, it, it's the black market, and that's how the black market works. And uh, if you if you go and you get something like that, you know, it just it makes it so it doesn't ever stop. Um, here's another article. Christmas is canceled. Six arrested officer injured during a pro-Palestinian protest in New York City on Christmas. It said at least one police officer was injured and several people were arrested during the pro-Palestinian protest in New York City on Christmas Day. Um, and uh, NYPD said that an officer was injured his knee while assisting another officer, but was in stable condition. The crowd also chanted long live intifada and held up signs like while you're shopping, bombs are dropping and no joy in genocide. Protesters gathered around iconic New York city locations like Rockefeller center, St. Patrick's cathedral, grand central station, union square. We had situations here in Memphis, uh, I think out in Collierville, uh, they were mob terrorized uh, shoppers out there. Uh, so it's all around us. And I just tried to have Andy, uh, Groveman in to kind of explain what's really going on over there and, and give a real picture of it and, and what they're thinking. And it's, uh, just amazing to me how you can have something that is, uh, so far from the truth that is out there and everybody's just taking it as, yeah, we've got to stop this. So please, uh, Learn as much as you can about this. Don't take it on face value. Learn your history. That's it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great evening. We'll see you then.